Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. It's a daily Spawn episode. Long time coming, this particular episode, because I have the man, the myth, the legend. Joining me today, Todd McFarlane. Thanks for joining us. Wow, you got a better background than I do. <laughs> house that's not furnished very much right now. So. No worries, man. Like I said, thanks for taking the time. Uh, a lot of our listeners are, and, and viewers on YouTube are very excited. You know, they tune in to the Daily Spawn every day to get, you know, the latest ep uh, episode issue that we're covering. So to have you on to talk about everything that's coming up in 2024, it's going to be a big year uh, for Spawn. And I'll kind of go through the, the items here, but let me just start off by asking you, what has you most excited for 2024? Because we got a lot of news to cover, but what has you most excited? Um, probably, you know, fingers crossed, eventually uh, finally making the, the official announcement that the movie's coming, right? And, and, and the reason for that is because that is one of those big moments where you take your ideas and you get outside what I call the bubble. And the bubble is like, you know, the comic book industry and us geeks, like we're, and, and we all know, spawn, 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 spawn. But if you can get outside the bubble and do something in TV, video games, movies, then you start reaching a whole new crowd, right? And for the movie to be successful eventually, probably 90% of the people that go will have never heard of my name. Uh, and 85, 90% will have never like bought a comic book ever right it's just you know they'll go oh yeah i remember there's a movie and a little bit of hbo but it's just a kind of a cool cool trailer and i hear it's from the people who made you know get out and the joker writer and the guy who created the visuals of venom and it'd be for different reasons right um but if it works then all of a sudden, all of that then comes pouring down and, and makes all the things that you and I do on a daily basis even more uh, sort of uh, dramatic, if you will, right? I mean, we're going to do it anyways. We're going to do it anyways. But now, you know, you can you can go next door to your neighbor if they've seen the movie or whatever and, and say, hey, we're doing this with Spawn. And they're like, oh, Spawn, I saw that team. I saw that movie. I went to that movie, right? I mean, look, the easiest way for me to be a big shot with a layman isn't to say I did 30 years of Spawn. It's to say that I I, I created the look of Venom. Yeah. And they're like, Venom, hold sec. I saw that movie. Mm -hmm. you, you you must be famous. <laughs> I mean, it's, it goes that quick, right? So you, you, you have to get outside the bubble, right? Like anybody who watched The Walking Dead and never bought a comic book, you know, Robert Kirkman go, hey, I created The Walking Dead. And they'll be like, what? Oh, man. Like, and instantly, because they watch they watch it outside their bubble. So that's it. But either way, we're going to be doing a bunch of cool stuff in the bubble, which is uh, sort of where I'm way more comfortable. Yeah, and it's 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 an excellent point that you made, because I, I love that you said we're going to do what we do anyway, right? You and, you and I, we're going to share our love of comics and cool stories and cool visuals. We're going to do that anyway. Here's yeah. the thing. If you can pull people in from out of the bubble, they have this huge run that they can go back and mine, you know, this this huge. I mean, honest, I got to tell you, to me, Spawn is a love story. 
it it means so much that's lasted so long because it's all about your love for family and, and your wife. And that's what Spawn has as well. And it's it's really what we're talking about here. And anybody who's kind of curious, like, oh, 300 plus issues. I don't know where to jump on. You've got issue 350 coming up this year with Brett Booth taking over uh, the you know regular pencils. And it's going to be a great jumping on point. So what can you yeah, tell us yeah, about yeah. about 350? Yeah. So and, and and it will. Let me let me. Let me just talk about that whole conversation of jumping on point, right? I think for the most part it's bullshit, right? I just I don't adhere to it. I think it's I think it's a I think it's a weak argument for anything. Mm-hmm. If, it, if you look at if that's real, if that's a real thing, well, you know, so much stuff's gone before, and I don't really know, and I'll be overwhelmed. Then why would anybody ever watch New York Yankees? Hundred percent. Been around a hundred years. You miss fucking Babe Ruth. You miss Lou Gehrig. And you miss Mickey Mantle. Why watch it? Why watch a Yankee game now? Right? You haven't collected every single Rolling Stones album. Why listen now? Right? I mean, of course, people jump in after the fact. Many, 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 many times on a thousand different ways. Like it's just it's a silly argument. It's just mm-hmm. like. So I know when I started collecting comic books, the the books that had the biggest numbers were the ones that were most impressive to me because it meant to me personally that they had weathered the storm, good, bad, or indifferent. They'd they'd weathered decades, right? Mm -hmm. And and so I I didn't sit there and go, oh, man, Detective Comics 477. I guess I'm not going to like Batman. He got ahead of me. Like, what are you talking about? I'm in. And there's nothing else. It's like, Ooh, I got 400 issues. I can go back and collect if I want. So um, the the other thing too is um, if I put out a book and it's a good story and it's good writing and it's got good art and good coloring and good lettering and everything's good. And I, and I put it out and it's issue 388. And I put out the exact same book and it's a one. I don't know if, the only reason you're buying it is because of a number and a, a number in a corner, mm-hmm. right? Then those, I'll cover that up and I'll just make a one. Like I, I've said before, I, then I'll put, I'll put 388 here and I'll put issue number one here. Yeah. And then next month, 389, issue one. If you need a one on your book, to be able to buy it, I put a one on every book. I mean, I'm going to do it someday for a year. I'm just going to put one on every book, every every issue, every book, right? It's not because it's not going to change the book, but like the quality of the book. Either you like the character and you like the idea, you like the price, you like the idea. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird concept. Now, given that people just sort of need a place, it's like, well, I I, I don't want to jump in the middle of a cliffhanger. Three fifty, I think, actually is a good spot for people that are either new or lapsed on route, right? Um, and here's why. Because, I mean, and actually this is issue 100, right? In issue 100, um, Spawn killed his maker, mm-hmm. right? I, you know, as I'm like, here, here's, here's the page. All right? At the end of the book, he, he literally decapitates his maker. Now, that was issue 100. So the throne... And he and 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 his maker was sitting upon the throne of hell, but it's been empty now for 250 issues. Um, and from time to time in the 250 issues, I've mentioned it, right? Just mm-hmm. 
sort of passing. It's not been a big thing. But in the last couple of years, we've made it a focus of saying, oh, my God, the throne is empty. Somebody's found out that whoever sits on the throne, whatever power you have, it multiplies it. So if you're half as good as Spawn and you sit on the throne and that multiplies, you can go get them. If you're half as good as God and you can sit on it, you got a chance to get them, right? So so now a couple factions have now gone, oh my gosh, we need to put somebody on our side on that throne. Um, and so there's now a race, if you will, to the throne. You don't have to know anything about the last 250 issues other than that piece of information. Mm-hmm. Power has been, there's a vacuum of power, right? Somebody killed the the, the godfather, right? Who's taking over, right? Um, in 350, you're going to get the answer. Somebody is finally going to sit upon the throne. Will it be Spawn? Will it be a bad guy? Or will it be somebody in between? The Not only will you get the answer to a 250-issue sort of question, um, the the repercussions of the person sitting on the throne will affect all the comic books going forward after that. So there's going to be there's going to be sort of a, a a new look, if you will, to all the books because of what happened at the end of 350. So if you buy 350, you'll get the punch line of 250 issues going, oh shoot, that's who's sitting there. And because you're sitting there, if I buy issue 351 or uh, one of the other sort of spawn book, then I'll understand why things are now slightly different. It's because of the ending to 350. So 350 is sort of an ending and the beginning uh, for somebody to come in. So it's, I, 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 And it's 40, 40 pages, right? 40 pages. 40 pages. And, and for 499. 499 for 40 pages, that's there are there are lots of comic books that are twenty pages for four ninety nine. Yep, hundred percent. There, so we're going to give you a double size issue that is the cost of of twenty pages for a lot of other books that are out there. So I don't know from a curiosity point of view, it, I, I I'm trying to make it easy for people to at least try it out. And oh, by the way, you know we've got you know Brett Booth coming on there, and his pencils are just crazy good, right? I mean they're just Crazy good, uh, and and Carlo Barbary is doing his last uh, chapter before moving over to uh, Gunslinger, right? So I mean, here's some more. Look at, I mean, Brett Booth just the pages draw so much. I actually give him heck; he draws so much. It's always great. I'm like, man, leave a little room for the word balloons and for some coloring to be done, and you don't have to draw everything, Brett. But he's he's a super ambitious guy, and so is. Uh, Carlo, Carlo, although Carlo, he he understands there's word balloons in comic books. Sometimes I have to remind Brett. <laughs> so yeah, well, the thing about Brett, and I've told him this many times, is he's got the most dynamic page layouts. You know, both I love the way he sets up his panels, but setting up the panels on the page, yep. he he's so innovative, and he, he, you you never get bored. You know, it's never just like a six panel you know standard grid or what have you. He he's he's so dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, perfectly suited. And, and, he's, and he's fast and he's, and he's dedicated and he just, and he, he just, he's a workhorse, right? Yeah. He's, he's, uh, 
I put him in sort of a little bit of the same category as guys like uh, Greg Capullo. I mean, although you know, Greg sort of the sort of you know above above Brett if I was to rank him, but um, the, the of guys who put out quality work month in and month out, and they ju- and they don't they don't skimp, right? Yep. So um, and those, I mean, lots of people do pretty cover art. But that's that's sort of one image, right? You mm-hmm. don't have to do storytelling. You don't have to do layouts. To your point, um, and and you don't have to try and move the camera around and draw the same character over and over and over and make it consistent. Um, so storytelling to me is like the hardest thing in comic books. And yeah, Brad is Brad is a magic man. So yeah, and so is Carlo 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 Barbary who's who's gave me thirty five forty issues of Spawn is now moving over to Gunslinger. Him too. Is like he just can put ten people on a page and make it work, right? And it's like, wow, 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 wow. You guys just are way too ambitious. So, yeah. And you you mentioned Gunslinger. I wanted to bring that up because like the per, you got the perfect writer, Jimmy Palmiotti, writing Western Spawn. So for those that don't realize, so Spawn was singular for three hundred issues. We got the three hundred and one record breaking. And along with that, you launched some other Spawn titles, right? Like we have Scorch. About a year later. Yeah, about a a year later. So we have Scorch, which is kind of the Spawn team book. We have Gunslinger Spawn, uh, and then we have King Spawn. And now there's some more titles coming in this family. Uh, You wanted it to grow organically, and it seems like it has. So we have seven new titles that are coming, Gunslinger Spawn being one of them. I'm going to run them down real quick, and then you can uh, maybe say a little bit about, uh, about, you know, whichever ones you want. We've got uh, Sam and Twitch Case Files, which you're writing, Simon Kredanskan Art. Then we've got Deadly Tales. So so you you announce them. I'll just talk real quickly about each one. Okay, sure. Um, Sam and Twitch are two characters, two detectives that have been in the book since issue number one, right, of Spawn. So they've been around a long, long time. Um, I Every now and then, I like to show that they're also just great detectives away from Spawn. Like when they're not hanging out with Spawn, they have a day job, they're detectives. And sometimes I, I just like to do sort of true, gritty, detective, real stuff. Um, and that's what that book is. So if people don't like superhero, don't like Spawn, I think you can enjoy the read of Sam and Twitch completely because it's going to be stories for the most part that have no connection to like spawn directly. It's just them being detectives. And it looks like, you know, I'm trying to get the look of it and the coloring of it and the writing to feel like you're reading a movie, like, like a, like a drama movie. Yeah, is it fair to say, like, think of a crime procedural in the Spawn universe? Yeah, yep, yeah. I like again, if you like, the, if you like, sort of whodunits, right? Um, this is the book for you, and there's n- not going to be any, at least for the first while, there's not going to be any any capes or anything. Right? I mean, it's just Sam and Twitch being cops. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, well, the one we already mentioned, Deadly Tales of, of the Gunslinger, which is Jimmy Palmiotti, again, writing a Western, yeah. perfect writer. And we've got Patrick Reynolds on uh, on the art for that. Yeah. So so what I'd say to that is that like right now, the Gunslinger book that I write, Gunslinger is sort of the cowboy that got pulled into modern time. Right. right. It's sort of what happened in issue 301, the record setting book. There was this sort of rip. I call it a time rip. And, and a bunch of people from you know, different eras, future and the past got pulled into modern time. 
gunslinger to me is just so sort of ripe to tell stories both I think he's an intriguing character because it's sort of the man out of time storyline, I think is interesting. Um, and and I'm playing with a lot of that uh, in the modern one. And I've done some things where you have flashbacks to him being a true cowboy. Uh, but I just go, oh, man, I don't, I don't want to send mixed messages. So the idea was that, you know, we create a second book that is basically him gunslinger before he got pulled into the modern time so the the jimmy one is literally yeah way back sort of in pre-civil war right mm-hmm. pre pre 1865 uh it's a western book so you if you like gunslinger then you have your choice you can either get him as a western you know gunslinger you can get him him trying to figure out life in the modern world today given that he's a man out of time or you can get both and you can have a modern version and a, and a and a historical version of them, and and they both sort of interconnect in a, in an interesting way. Yeah, and yeah, you know, Jimmy's a friend. I love Jimmy. When you approached him with this, was it just like an immediate yes for him? I mean, he must have been so excited. Yeah, well, again, like you said, he wrote so many issues of Jonah Hex. Yeah, he got that genre down right, and so it's now it's just hey, can can you apply a little bit of the rules and the mythology of this character uh, and and sort of the history of Hellspawn into it, and he was like, "Oh man, he was he was sort of brimming with ideas." And the yeah. the question is, I, you know, we can't really sort of drum as fast as he's thinking them up right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, then we have Misery, uh, also written by you, art by uh, Simon Kurdansky as well. Yeah. Um, that one seems to really lean into the horror aspect. That one's, again, I'm trying to do a, 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 an array of a, sort of eclectic books. I don't want all the books to feel the same, mm-hmm. right? So that one is, there, there's going to be a horror aspect to it, but but to me it's more, it's it's sort of, it's a coming of age of the young girl, Cyan, who was the baby on issue number one, mm-hmm. who's now grown up, she's like 17. And it's, I think it's a tale of tragedy because she's finding out that she's got these powers that manifest and something happens when she touches people and it's okay if you're like a son of a bitch. Right. So it's basically, she's sort of like an empath, you know, an empathist that she's like, you don't even know when you beat your wife how much you're hurting her mentally, mm-hmm. right? Besides physically, you're just breaking her spirit and you have no empathy for any of that because you're just a brute. Well, guess what? When I touch you, you're going to feel what your wife felt, right? Uh, she feels it too. So it's, it's, it's sort of hurtful to her, mm-hmm. but she puts it on them. The problem is she can't turn that off. And so yeah, it, does, it brings it brings her touch brings the worst out of people and brings it to their forefront and they have to face their dark side right, um, but she can't it does it to everybody um, and so she now has to literally disengage from humanity and as a seventeen year old young lady when the world should be opening up to you and you should be 
doing nothing but rejoicing and socializing and hanging out with people, she will have to pull back. And and she she can't hug people. And she can't hold hands and all the sort of normal trappings that we do to show people that we care about them. She's going to have to shut that down too, right? So she's going to be trying to navigate like how, like, is this a blessing or a curse or is it both, right? So um, anyways, and it's not going to be sort of superhero dominated. She's just going to be leading her life. But um, I just think it's an interesting concept that, that I wanted to sort of uncover yeah, it's it's fascinating in a way. It's very antithetical to Spawn. You know, Al does everything for the love of family. You know, trying to have connections, and here his daughter can't have connections. Can't have, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a tor- yeah. I'd argue it's it's, it's a, a torture just like him. It's yeah. just a different, just a different sort way, of different torture, and she'll figure out how to how to how, how to navigate. There's again, there's ways where there's I got some things that she'll be doing that may seem. Uh, harsh uh, and and other things that you just go wow. So how how she can't just not touch people, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so she she'll she'll I've got ideas of how she gets around that. But anyways, it's a it's a I'm not again. To me, it's more of people who are getting a little bit older that want a little bit more in their diet than just strictly superhero comic books mm-hmm. all the time. Right. I mean, I got there. I still like superhero comic books, but I but I don't need them all the time. I can I can get a wider range of topics in my storytelling. So that's yeah. what that. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got Spawn Kills Every Spawn, John Lehman with art by uh, Rob Dunis, which Lehman, fantastic writer, really handles humor. Is that is that gonna, we're going to have some humor in this Spawn Kills Every Spawn, I'm assuming? Yeah, look at the the first, I I did the first one, right? Spawn kills everyone, and it sort of surprised me, right? It was <laughs> like I go, hey, I'm gonna do it, and this little baby spawn, chibi spawn's gonna kill, you know, what he thought was a a hero, a page, but it was actually people in cosplay. But uh, and then in the last two pages, I, I devoted two pages where he kills me. Um, so you know, it was a sort of a fun little goofy thing, um, and people liked it. So we came out with a second one, right? Spawn kills everyone too. Um, and this one is just like now because of the Spawn universe, it's like, oh man, I had to compete with all those superheroes that had to kill them all. <laughs> and now I'm like, I got all these hell spawns running around. I have to kill them too. Right. So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. For people who just want a chuckle and, and like Mad Magazine a little bit and want to have a little bit of fun after some of the sort of heavy, serious material we put in some of our other books this this is the the one and it's and again the style of this one is going to be completely different than the other two so it's really over the top wacky people who like let's say uh scotty young kind of books right that will enjoy this i think so yeah and the next up we have no home here and this is from a couple of guys that are really known for their art uh, that are kind of collaborating on, on doing a story. We have Daniel Enriquez, uh, the writer, and Jonathan Glapion for No Home Here. Right. And so, again, they're known, they're known for their inking more than anything else. Right, Not necessarily right. Their, their art, their inking. And I know I've been encouraging the last few years uh, Jonathan Glapion, who, you know, he inked the vast majority of Greg Capullo's Batman run. Mm-hmm. Right. So... I mean, he's a, he's an amazing inker, um, but he just 
sort of felt he was hitting his head on the ceiling and, it, and couldn't go any higher with thinking. But he was doing these odd drawings. And, and I'm, I remember he came and helped me a little bit on the Spawn 300. He came to my house and he was showing me some of the stuff. And I went, what are you like, dude, you didn't do more of this. And he was like, well, you know, nobody really knows it. Nobody's going to give an inker a chance. I go, well, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a couple covers, right? So he's, he's done covers for me. And now other people are giving him covers. He did the comic in the Ozzy Osbourne uh, album, uh, you know, Patient Nine. Mm-hmm. That, that we did and then he's doing some other stuff and and daniel uh has been writing his own stuff so they just went hey could we pitch an idea at you and show you what the look of it is and i i, I I'm, I'm a fan of jonathan's artwork i think it's got a lot of sort of bill sinkevich kind of oddness to it and mm-hmm. I, this is why i think bill's stuff was so amazing uh so it's like yeah so again another book that's going to have uh, and it tie in a little bit more to the Spawn universe, but the look of it will be, I think, kind of unique compared to classic superhero stuff. Yeah, and Jonathan, uh, he's one of he's one of us. Like he, he, yeah, I've talked to him about inking. He's been on the show. He's just such a fan of the medium and such a great storyteller. Uh, I, the, when I he told me about it ahead of time, and I I was so excited. And then the announcement at San Diego, and I couldn't be happier for him. So. Yeah, uh, it's that's just amazing. Uh, and then a fan favorite that's returning. We've got Mark Andreco on the Violator with art from a variety of artists. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Kala- uh, Kowalski. We've got Cully uh, Hamner. We've got Kyle Holtz. We've got Von Randall. Uh, so, again, fan favorite Violator. A lot of uh, Spawn fans are going to know uh, that character. But here we go with him and his own. Book. Yeah, that one is um, Mark uh, pitched me the idea of sort of telling uh kind of a quasi origin story to the violator throughout time. Mm. And he thought that each one of the segments as time sort of was shifting, that they, it should have a different look and hence the different artists, right? Instead of one artist trying to draw medieval and modern and sci-fi and, you know, Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Like, he just goes, I'll get different people to basically play. So each time there's a bit of a a jump in the storytelling, there would be a jump in the artwork. So, um, again, it's a bit of an experiment. We'll see. Sometimes people like consistency with what they're doing, Mm -hmm. but it should be be sort of a fun, I think it's a six-issue miniseries or something like that. Uh, I forget how many issues exactly, but... um, it should be a, it should be a fun fun read. Yeah, well, Violator definitely has his fans, so I'm sure people will show up for it. Uh, speaking of having fans, another uh, classic Spawn character that's coming back in his own series. We have Medieval Spawn from uh, writer Rory McConville, who's currently writing uh, Spawn, and he's got Marco Itri on art. So, uh, Medieval Spawn getting his own uh, title again. What's the time period that that's going to sit in? What can you tell us about it? Um. Well, there's going to be two because uh, Leon Sharp is uh, doing one too. Yeah, the Dark Ages. Um, we're going to want a Dark Ages one, which is slightly different than the uh, medieval spawn. Um, the one Rory's working on is a little bit like what I was talking about earlier with Gunslinger, mm. right? That it's like, you know, just medieval guys are just cool. They're just cool. And I don't think anybody's sort of doing enough of that of just sort of badass guys in armor just just going at it um plus i also said the rory i 
I like all these ones. I, although I call it Gunsinger Spawn, I've gotten rid of like even on the cover. I, I dropped the word Spawn. I just want people to refer to him as Gunslinger, right? Mm-hmm. I want him to be his own character, and I want Medieval Spawn to be his own character, right? Uh, there's even talk. We haven't quite landed on it on by the end of the miniseries whether he gets a name change, mm-hmm. right? So he he just is his own guy and his own person, but that look and that time period can then sort of be legitimate sort of here, right? I mean, for uh, easy comp would be, you know, uh, a guy like Thor that, you know, is from mythology, but here he is in modern times. Cool. Um, so that's it. Just tr- building him up in the modern times where Liam's is going to be set in, in in the past, right? And, uh, truly in the Dark Ages. Um, so for people who just like all that, all that stuff. So, um, I think I think Medieval Spawn has the potential to be a fan favorite done right, and so I gave that task to Rory. Yep. Yeah, and having Liam do you know with his incredible you know painterly style, you know setting it back in the Dark Ages where you know you've got blood dripping and you've got you know muscles and scantily clad women. I mean, you couldn't have picked somebody uh, more talented, first of all. And with more passion, like Liam's such a passionate guy about yeah. the stories he's telling. Yeah, well, Liam, I mean, it's interesting. Liam came knocking on our door, right? And I was like, wow, I thought you'd forgotten about that. <laughs> did it so long ago. He's like, no, I've been thinking about this for a long time. And I'm like, cool, let's go, right? I mean, that, that was an easy yes, right? So yeah. I, I, I usually, when you got talented people and they're excited about ideas, I, I try to get out of the way of them and just yeah. let them go and, and and be be their cheerleaders yep yeah 100 uh we've also got focus another one that you're writing uh with art by marco faia yeah the, uh focus is a character first introduced in gunslinger he i mean again in the simplest form he's he's our flash right um i i i had this idea from years and years and years ago i pitched it and put it down as a movie idea um, that, so I'll just put it in this character and then probably try and resell it as a movie. Um, that the concept of when you say the word slow, ah, that guy's slow, right? It can mean both physically and it can mean mentally. Mm-hmm. And if you say, oh man, that dude's fast, right? It can be again, both physically and mentally. So I'm playing with that concept of, that the slow and the fast not only is a physical thing, it's also a mental thing. Uh, and that can be, again, both good and bad. Um, so uh, that's that's sort of the fun of this one. is isn't so much the dynamics of the powers, but like what the powers are doing to that character sort of mentally at the same time, right? I mean, it's going to look cool. It looks super cool. Um, him, you know, doing his running around and doing whatever else. Um, but to me, which I, I, I have this thing that being a hero shouldn't be easy for anybody. It should be a hard, it should be a hard job, you know, like being a police officer, uh, you know, undercover cop or firefighter. I mean, at times like it's dangerous, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, although you're trying to do good, sometimes, you got to put yourself in a difficult situation. I, I think superheroes, I mean, they do it by standing in front of the ray guns of the bad guy. 
but I, I think that it should, it should take a toll to some extent. It shouldn't be easy. It shouldn't, you know, this is why for me, Superman was never that overly interesting to me because he just was so strong and so perfect that it was like there were no flaws in him. Yeah. And I, always, I always liked the characters that had flaws in them, right? And so, I, and and Batman, I would argue, is is one of them because you know his his flaws a little bit mental is uh, <laughs> yeah that he got all the money in the world to do nothing but enjoy life. And he doesn't worry about that. And he doesn't go and date girls and he doesn't do any of that. He just comes home from work and sits in his room till two in the morning, two 30 in the morning till it's like the pitch of black. And then he puts on his dark costume. He goes and scares the shit out of the bad guys. Right. And it's just, so there's like this mental thing that's going on with him, but he just like, if they're going to scare us, I'm going to scare them back. I'm yeah. tired. I am yeah. tired of these punks, these bullies. Um, and I sort of get those guys, right? And again, there's a bit of a vigilante side to it. There's a little bit of anger and emotion to it. Spawn has a lot of that. Uh, but I, I I, think those characters are a lot more human, which is why I try to make it hard for anybody to be a hero. And so same thing happened with Focus. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we have uh, Rat City, Erica Schultz, uh, is the writer Z Carlos uh, artist sort of a a book about the the world of Spawn? I mean, are we talking Rat City, like the the alleys where Spawn first? No, no, no. It's it's, uh, it's in the future. Okay, gotcha. And it's it's more of it, like so. Let's use let's use a, an example: either Superman or Batman, right? Okay, so they they exist. They did their good, but they're no longer here. Mm-hmm. Why? Because a hundred years in the future, they just we all have our time and we pass. Um, so, what does it mean that they existed? Did they inspire people? Did they create people that hated them? Did they put people in faction? Like, was their existence a good thing or a bad thing? And you never know. I mean, again, people will say, "Man, I listened to the Beatles music and it inspired me." Right? You don't know. You're just making music. You're the Beatles. Mm-hmm making music you don't know what your existence what cause and effect is there right so cool uh we'll go 100 years in the future whatever it is i forget um and see what that means that there was this you know there have been hell swans anyways throughout time and then there was this one that was pretty impactful called l simmons and how do people take that history and potentially build upon it? And is the way they build upon it better, worse, good, evil? Like, I, I like there's a lot of different ways that can go. So, and Erica has got a cool story to go with it. Wow, that sounds really fascinating. Uh, well, getting back to to medieval spawn, uh, you did something, and it was it turned out to be perfect timing. You did something in 2020. You did a Kickstarter. You, your goal was only $100,000. You wanted kind of a reissue of the, the first classic Spawn uh, toy, the, the action figure. Uh, and we can, you know, we that's a whole nother podcast. We could talk about the way you changed the entire toy industry because you just wouldn't take no for an answer. It's got to look better. It's got to have better articulation. It's got to have better paint. It's got to look cool, man. Like the shit you're putting out doesn't look cool. Uh, and, and, and you did that. And so, yeah, 2020, 
people were stuck at home. Maybe that was part of it. Uh, and this thing blew up and it did like what? Th- almost 3.5 million. Uh, yeah. And and now we're coming back for another Kickstarter, this time with Medieval Spawn. What can you tell us? It's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. As a matter of fact, they, I just I just got it, all the pieces in the mail. So I'm going to yep. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll even tease you with a couple. So hang on a second. Yeah, and if uh, if you guys weren't a part of that uh, that collection uh, the first time, uh, the Kickstarter, they I've seen them on eBay. They're not cheap, but you can get them. So I say that to say this: don't miss out on this Kickstarter medieval spot action figure. That so, so here's what I say: first thing I'll say, the first thing I'll say is that this figure will be the most detailed figure I've ever made, and we've made some pretty detailed figures. Yeah, that's saying a lot. So, it's like, it's just crazy detailed stuff on it. Um, but I also think that, you know, Spawn had the smooth costume and whatever. We can already do so much, but, um, that's my dog. He likes to bark it up. We got coyotes that walk up and down, but, um, so here's the thing that's cool. I'm, I'm not, I can't show you all of it cause I'll blow the gig here, but, um, he's going to, you know, again, if we meet certain goals, then we're going to give you multiple parts. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, here's a chess piece, right? So. Uh, look at the details. Yeah. You can see like yep. my pocket, even get even more detail here. But, um, but the cool thing is on, on, on some of the pieces, they're going to have magnets. I don't know if you can see those two. Yeah. Magnets. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so what you're going to be able to do is just go, oh, I want to change the chest plate. Blap, blap. Right. I mean, it, it's not going to be a struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some things like sw- swapping swords or whatever, that becomes a little bit more of a pain in the ass. But we're going to have a couple of the pieces that are going to be, I mean, not only detailed, really cool. Yeah. But um, but there's going to be, you know, there's going to just be some good part. And then and then we're going to do uh, this thing too. Like, let me just show it. So here's a sword, right? Mm-hmm. And you get you get lot you got lots of weapons, right? And hopefully, I'll if I hit all this the stretch. The stretch goals, like you get, like there's lots and lots. I got lots of stuff in here. Um, but uh, each one of them, then you take it and then you, all of them, the bottom comes out like that, right? So, yeah. And so you can slide the hand through and nice. then put it in so that you don't have to bend the hand all the time. Yeah. So all of them, all of them have the bottoms a little. I mean, here's one here. Like, got this is a different weapon, but again, you just take the little piece, slide the hand in, done. Right. So, Only you would think of that. I wouldn't even think to do that. Only you would that. That's something. Well, because that's I've had idea. some where I bend the fingers, and then all of a sudden the fingers get yeah, loose. Yeah, they, yeah. It doesn't hold and stuff yeah. like that, right? I mean, there's still a couple of things we got to clean up on a couple of these. Even to some extent, I try to get it so that the handles taper a little bit, so mm-hmm. that if you push it further, it tightens in the hand, so it doesn't sort of wobble around or whatever, but you know, just like cool, cool, fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be, look at, you take something, it's got a chain on it. Nice. You go, oh, you got a chain on it. And then you put something at the end of it. And all of a sudden, look at that. Got a mace. Nice. We don't want a mace for their guy. And then we got like lots, can't sort of show it all, but they got lots of heads here, right? Lots of, lots of heads. Let's look at here. This is another. This is a gauntlet that I got like on the arm. Yep. Like all that you can see, all the detail. And again, this is another piece that's got 
magnet, magnet yeah. where you just be able to go. Yeah, that's fantastic. Because I worry some, you, sometimes you get those pieces that snap on and off and you worry because it's not like you can go get another one if it's a Kickstarter, right? And you, it breaks yeah. or plastic breaks, what have you. Yeah. So having the magnets, that's brilliant. Yeah, it should. It should. should look, I'll show you. Like, so here's his arm. Yeah. I'll show you the whole figure. Well, hide, but you can see even here. I'll go all detail. But again, take it off. Right. Take it off. And then boom, you just put it on. I'm not looking at the right direction. Here it is. Okay, here. Let's just take his arm off. Make it easier. Arm on. Boom. Yeah, that's right. fantastic. So yeah. It's off. It's on. Right? I, I didn't punch anything in. It's just the magnet. Yeah. So that the magnet then will hold all of it. But anyways, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool with lots of cool pieces. So I'm I'm hoping that this one does you know, kind of close to what we did the first go round. Same packaging with the new with the logo. So if you happen to have bought the first one and you put the medieval one it'll have its own uh, logo and design and whatever, but it'll be uniform, right? Mm-hmm. So you go, oh yeah, yeah, hey, I've got the first two in the series. So. Fantastic. Well, uh, I'm sure everybody keep listening to Daily Spawn. I'll let you guys know when it goes live because you don't want to miss it. Uh, I, I was well, here's, saying, the other, but- here's the other piece. Just, just uh, if I can teach you one other thing. Besides, I'm hoping I hit all the stretch goals so everybody gets all this cool stuff. One of the things that I'm doing, as you can see, I've already got the prototypes. I've, I've like this is part of the reason it's taking a little bit, is that I'm trying to get everything sort of done in advance as much as possible, mm-hmm. except for knowing how many cookies to bake. Right. I've got all the ingredients. I've got all the mold. I've got all the prototypes. We've got all the masks made. We got all the pa- package, you know, mocked up and whatever else. And then we do the campaign. And then on the last day, the factories are going to say, how many? Right. We're all ready. The oven is warm. Mm-hmm. We've got, we've got all, everything ready. How many are we making? Right. And they will literally be able to go into production 24 hours after that campaign ends. Right. Kickstarters usually are like at the end, you get the money and then you go, hey, hey yeah. figure out how to do it. And a year goes by. Yeah. And what, what we're hoping for is that from the time the campaign ends, we've got to get a final date and we'll have it up there. But it should be, we could be shipping within two months. Yeah, that that's fantastic. But again, everybody, you, you it also means you can't miss out, right? Because these are kind of one and done. And I, when you went to grab that figure, I was saying, Ty, like you can, you can go find uh, the figure's on eBay from the first Kickstarter, but you're going to pay way more than you did had you joined the campaign. So everybody, again, listen to Daily Spawn, follow Todd on social media. The announcement will be out there. We'll let you all know. Don't miss out on the campaign 100%. Uh, and, and that brings me to my next point, which is not only uh, are we celebrating the 350 of, of the Spawn comic this year, but it's also the the 30th anniversary of uh, McFarland Toys, which I already mentioned, you know, you changed the toy industry. Uh, what are your plans to celebrate the anniversary uh, for the, kind of the main line? Um, uh, well, and there, there's also, I mean, we do the DC multiverse. So there's also later in the year, I think going to be the 85th anniversary of Batman. So mm-hmm. you know, we get to sort of jump on another big uh, anniversary there. Uh, some of it is just, you know, we'll come out with some toys that are sort of, you know, acknowledging that we've been around for three decades. And then some of it is going and putting some of our ideas in kind of uh, retro packaging. Some of the stuff that people sort of remember, if 
you're kind of old now, I guess, but uh, <laughs> that that we did 30 years ago when we first came out um, and have people that sort of were fans, not just necessarily at the beginning, it's fun, but, you know, we've done, you know, literally probably close to a hundred different licenses now that people go, man, that was my first one there. I remember that. I remember that. I remember, and, and give a little bit of nostalgia, uh, you know, whether it's in the packaging or the figures themselves uh, or some kind of combo thereof, just to say, yeah, hey, we've been we've been around for a while and thought we'd sort of tip a hat to all you people letting us survive this long. And we're going to just sort of give you a little bit of uh, the past uh, in, in, in this year. So. Yeah. Fan- fantastic. All, all this coming from this, this comic, you know, launching way back when 1992, uh, which is just amazing. So reminder, everybody, you can tune into the daily spawn, you know, go to the, the episode that came out on, on January 1st this year, that's issue one, January 2nd is issue two, so on and so forth. And we'll go throughout the year doing a lot of the, t- the tie-ins as well. Uh, so we're up to around issue 18 now, Todd. And the one question I, I wanted to ask you about those early times Um you know, you, you got all that pushback and I remember it, you know, cause I was picking up the, the books back then. I was, you know, been a comic fan for so long was people complaining about your writing, man. I'm telling you, this stuff holds <laughs> up. We go back and read it and it, it really holds up well, but then you kind of, you know, did the Todd McFarlane thing and went, Oh, so, so I don't, I, Spawn's not good. It doesn't have good writing. I'm going to go out and get these four amazing writers to come on and, and, you know, four biggest writers at the time. And my question is, how, did you have a lot of input on what they did or you just wrote them a check and said, Hey, this is what yeah. spawn is. Do your thing. I'm so curious about that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was cl- way closer to the second one. I knew that if I was going to go after big fish, that you usually don't tell them what to do. Uh, they usually tell you, right? Yeah. So the pitch is, Hey, come on board. I'll, I'll give you a, biggest paycheck you've ever had and you do whatever the heck you want, like knock yourself out. Right. Um, and so they're like, so I can, you know, either jump on what you've done or add on to like, I, I don't care. Just do whatever excites you for, for, for the one issue. And so they, I mean, the results were, I think four dramatically different issues, right. Um, that we ended up, uh, getting, it was, uh, Frank Miller and uh, Alan Moore, Neil Gaiman, and Dave Sims. So mm-hmm. they, they they each delivered something different just to do it. And then I, again, I came back and you know the the criticism of the writing I thought was a little bit misplaced. I I again I I think it was fair and and their saying the quality of it, whatever they were ranking, they, they were probably right. What they forgot was and and it began when I started writing Spider-Man is that I had climbed such a high level of art and prestige with my art that they thought that that me writing was going to instantly catch up. Yeah. It doesn't work somehow, like that. Somehow I was I was gonna like bam. Yeah. I was gonna automatically be like 10 years of, of, of being a pro writer, like, and it's like, no, the guys, the writing is 10 years behind the art. And eventually it's going to take me, you know, a, a handful of years to figure out the craft and then, you know, it should get better. Uh, and then, and then you can sort of judge it a, a little more, uh, I think equitable at that point. But I, I, I think there is a, 
they they were putting sort of Todd the novice writer with Todd the vet artist and and equating those two things as being the same. But that's okay. People people like to type about a lot of things. So. Yeah, but you know, like I said, it honestly it holds up so well because you know we've been rereading, we've been covering it, and yeah, honestly, I I think you know, and and the other part of it is, yeah, maybe the the scripting might not have been you know top notch or whatever. You were learning that part of the trade, but the the other part is the story and the ideas and the plots and the themes. They they were they were up there with the, the level of art. They were you know, it's a good story, it's a good character, it's a good world that you built. You know, regardless of the scripting, maybe not being quite up to what it could have been. The, the thing that's interesting about time is you keep doing stuff. Is um, if you were to ask me in the first year, what 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 is fun? What's the idea? I could probably go for about six, seven minutes, eight minutes, or something like that. You ask me, Todd, talk to us about the mythology of Swan. I'd give you an hour show, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in my, in, like it's. Like I have a lot of info and a lot of details, even though all of them might not be abundantly clear in the comic books. I haven't hit you over the head with it. Right. I I have how heaven and how work I have, how, what happens to souls. I I like, I have these rules in my head of how the games are played and I've been consistent with it whether people know it or not. Right. And then, and then sometimes I'll say something big in a story and I, and I just leave it there hanging, hoping that someday either I circle back or a writer will see a couple of those threads and say, Oh man, I like somebody, somebody said that, that is it any, any way I can pull that any way I can pull that and make a bigger story out of it. Right. Um, and the answer is like, yeah, that's why I lay sort of these seeds out there so that people can come in and expand, right? Whenever I get the artist and especially the writers that come in, I, I just, the way I explain it to them is I, I think I've got like this 20 by 20 canvas that was blank. And I've only been painting it for a little while, even though I've been doing it for 30 years. And I've only been painting like 20%. I'm in this corner. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to paint over my strokes. Right. I can, I can paint my own stroke. I want you to go to where it's blank mm-hmm. and I want you to paint some new stuff. That, that to me is way more interesting to me than doing sort of an homage or a tip of the hat to what I've done personally. Right. So I just like, eh, if it feels like something I would have done, I go, I just, I could have done it myself. What I want to yeah. do, man, I never even thought of that. I never even thought that character could be that important. I never thought that could happen. That like those, I mean, I, I want to be a fan. I want to be a fan of it and discover new things just like I hope the readers do. And better yet, like I I I I put the the task of in front of the writers that if you do it right, the greatest compliment I think I could get is that somebody says, Oh man, Todd. Why didn't you have this guy writing the book the last 10 years instead of your crap? (laughs) That means that they've added something meaningful to it. And so I think that's good. I think that's good. I'll, 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 I'll step out of the way and let somebody else sort of be the hero. Yeah. hundred percent. What, what you end up with is something that's greater than the sum of the parts, right? 
because it builds and it intertwines and it, it, it starts becoming self-sustaining. And that's a yeah. little bit of what you've done, right? With the ability to add these other titles, uh, as you mentioned, when you came out with, you know, Scorched and King Spawn and, and Gunslinger Spawn, you wanted to, to con- keep continuing to grow organically. And that's what uh, we're getting here in 20. Yeah. And the thing is, is why sometimes when I have to sit there with the, the writers or whoever, when they're pitching me ideas, what I have to do, is try and let them do as much as they want without breaking any of the mythology. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to. I don't want to be a slave to the continuity, but but there you can't break certain things. Right. So somebody, like I said, somebody comes up and says, "Hey, I got character one, and I and I think it would be a great idea. I got this great idea, and they have to marry character two, and then and then I got the story that goes, and I'm like." Well, what's the story? And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. All right, so just a couple of things. I don't mind character one marrying character two, except right now, currently, character two is married. So a couple of things have to happen. You either got to get this character divorced or you got to kill the person they're married to or something, something has to happen. Right, Because yeah. they're married. They're married. You got to get them unmarried and then you can marry them and then you can go and do your story. Or does it have to be this character they're married? Could there, is there another character who can invent another character that they can get married? And then that can be your story. And so I'm, I'm always like asking and quizzing them, right, of how that works. So. Yeah. And that's, and that's the job, right? Because like you said, a lot of the rules are in your head. Uh, it's something you've lived with and created. And, and, you know, they might not j- just not be aware. So, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to be a continuity cop in the truest sense. Um, because I thought I, when I was a kid, I mean, starting with 16, but when I started buying Marvel comics, uh, way more so than, uh, DC that Marvel would, and I, and I do it, I still, I do it in my books where they used to do the little asterisk. Yeah. And then they do the little editorial box. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and I used to like, it. it was like, if you were like on issue 170 of Spider-Man it go see Spider-Man issue 112. And so I, I'd go and try and find it. Right. And I'd read it. I go, by gosh, that did happen. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and then the ones that were even, even more fun where it said you're in Spider-Man, it says see Marvel team up 44, which was Spider-Man with the Hulk. Right. And you go, oh man, it was in another title. Right. Now, you don't have to be a slave to, but I thought that just a little bit of that crossing over made it feel like it, they were all kind of in the same earth, right, to yeah. me. I just, I, and I know that if I got really intellectual about it, it wouldn't make sense or whatever, but I, I just needed enough continuity like that to just make it feel like it all belonged together without it being suffocating, Right. So I'm not a big fan of event books that tie into 40 other events or other titles because I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the money. I don't want to buy those other 40. Yeah. And then now I'm not going to get the full flavor of it. Right. Um, I'd rather just do like a big event book and then maybe a couple of titles that sort of bounce off it or something like that. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, all the thing I, I, to some extent, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is that all the things I used to like when I was a kid, <laughs> I, I try to put them in my own books 
uh, and I, you know, nobody was doing, nobody was renumbering books when I was a kid. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm not renumbering books. Matter of fact, I used to buy price guides and the ones that had the longest listings I thought were the most impressive. Yeah. Right. Action comic book, man, that's like two pages long. Yeah. Right. And it's like, if you renumber it, then it's like only half as long. So I, I long ago said, I'm never going to renumber it. Cause I want to have this long list in the price guide book someday, even though people don't buy price guide books. But in my head, I just, I, I, I take it as a, as a badge of honor. Um, yeah. And you should, and it, you should, I mean, a lot of us older fans, we, you know, we like that too. And and the other thing that it does uh, having you know, to go back to talk a little bit about the crossover stuff, it makes you feel like what you're reading matters. Right. And one of the things you do early on in spawn, we've got the, the spawn Batman crossover where he gets the battering in the face. And then we end up in the regular book where he, he's got to stitch it together with a shoelace. That's fantastic. Well, no, like that. but that was a, but that's not exactly how it works because I wasn't legally able to do any continuity. Right, right. So it just happened to be that in the previous issue of Spawn, he got caught with a piece of glass. Yeah. And the if magician, it happened, yeah. If it happened to cut him in the same spot, yeah. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> I, I must have been a coincidence for my yep. part. So, exactly. Um, yes. So I don't know. Like at some point, comic books and creating comic books should have a, a bit of a fun factor to it, right? I mean, it's you know, I used that's what I used to do with uh, Spider-Man sometimes doing silly stuff where. As he's hanging, he's, you know, got a donut on each finger. My thought was if he, if he can stick to the wall, then his fingers are sticky. So he can yeah, put, put a donut on each one. You know, yeah. And then like decide which one he wants. Right. Uh, so just why? Because the scene said Spider-Man at night waiting for the bad guys. Right. So I guess I could have just had him sitting there in a crouch. I, you know, I, I'd done that plenty of times and other artists had done it hundreds of times before me. So how do you have a little bit of fun with the same idea over and over and over and over? And you just, especially when you're drawing, you're, for the most part, you're in a room by yourself for 12 hours. And so I'm like, how do I get through this page? How do I have some fun with this page? That's all I, that's all I was ever trying to do. How do I have fun? Right. I gotta, I gotta get through. I'm going to be here for 12 hours. But the, the other part of it, if you're having fun as a creator, whether it's writer, artist, color artist, whatever, that comes through in the work. And then we as readers and fans have more fun because we can tell you're enjoying what you do. And and that's what I love about the fact that you you just have done Spawn. Like you've done Spawn. You've done it, you know, movie, TV, video games, toys, uh, and obviously the comic. Uh, and, and again, I go back to the fact that for it's lasted all this through all the ups and downs and it's lasted and it's love of family. It's it's who you are, uh, and, and man, it's just it's a testament to to your creative spirit. And here's, 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 here's a huge let, me, let me let me throw a number at you too. That uh, like people are like, oh man, spawn spawn. We're going to create some other characters, whatever else. Just in spawn, because it's been thirty years, right? Just in spawn, there are over sixteen hundred characters that have come in and out of that book. Just in that book. Yeah. So again, some of them are cops, some of them are lawyers, some of them are, are you know, uh, CEOs. So they're not, again, I'm not saying they're all viable and should have their own title. Mm-hmm. But between all those characters and the good guys and the bad guys and everybody in between, 1,600. So even though people go, man, no, you just got spawned. It's like, yeah, but he begat 1,600 characters. And now that I've got the 
uh, other three books, the Gunslinger, Scorched, and, and the Kingspawn, and now with these other ones, that number is just going to accelerate. And, and it's like, surely, you know, there's 3,000, 4,000 characters to pick from. Surely at some point, you know, there's an idea you can ask me to do and or we're doing something that will come there. So again, if you want something serious, go to go read Sam and Twitch. If you want something a little a little more eclectic, then go read uh uh Misery. If you want some fun, go go read Spawn Kills Everyone. If you want a team book, we got a team book. You want, you know, modern, we got modern books. You want an ancient book, then what do you want? You want the Western one, you want the medieval one, or you want the Dark Ages one, uh, or the origin of uh of uh Violator goes all the way back through that. Like, I, like I don't, I don't expect anybody to consume all of it, right? I, like, but my job should be not presenting the same flavor over and over. I should right. be like a great soft drink lineup that you see in the stores. It's got twenty different drinks, and you're like, going, surely one of those got to taste good to you, right? So, yeah. All coming from you know this main character you you mentioned you know thirty years that's the thing it's like how many people have come out and in, in and out of your life in thirty years you know what I mean like we can all think of you know even if you've only been alive twenty years you can think about you don't have the same friends you had when you're in first grade or second grade or you know high school or or whatever and and that that's what's interesting like Spawn has had a lifetime he's he's lived his life and all this stuff has come in and out and and he's still going strong and it's amazing. The, the the thing that's important to me at this point is not Spawn per se, although he's the guy that's going to lead the charge, obviously, and helping get outside the bubble Like when we get the movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's now building the universe. Right. right? And within the universe, there has, there has to be, you know, at least to begin with dozens and then eventually hundreds of characters that have nothing to do with Spawn mythology. Mm-hmm. Nothing. They're just normal people or, you know, endowed people that have nothing to do with heaven or hell on any level. They're just boom, right? And so it's what makes the Avengers and the JLA kind of interesting. You've got these different characters that have their different origins, that have their different powers, and then every now and then you jam some of them together, right? So, um, that's that'd be the fun as we move forward with the scorch uh that it's like oh it started with a band of sort of a hell spawn but over time it has to evolve into something more interesting than that uh, as we go there and again like i said if i do it right somebody come up to me and say because focus has nothing to do with heaven mm-hmm. um it, that they, you know, somebody come up to me and go, man, focus is my favorite character. I don't really care about Spawn. Again, yeah. that's a victory to me because it means that I'm creating more than one s- story to that people can consume instead of the same show over and over and over and over. Right. Yeah. It's like you said, it's that lineup of, of soft drinks. It's, it's reaching outside the bubble, pulling people in that, Hey, maybe I don't care about superheroes, but man, I love crime. I love you know crime and whodunits, or whatever. So, Sam and Twitch—that's my favorite title. I think it's the I think it's the current state of a comic book store. I tell people, yeah. I go look at. I think comic book stores are a little bit like blockbusters were when when they were around. the The format's the same, mm-hmm. but but the difference is what's the content in the format, right? So I think if you're 
six or 56 and you've never read a comic book, I think you can actually go into a comic store and find something for yourself. I, 25 years ago, I might not have been able to say that. Yep. But today, there's such a wide range of good comics, not superhero comics, good comic, good stories that are out there. Just like going into Barnes and Noble, look at all the novels, right? Yeah. All different kinds of stories. So just find the story that suits you and 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 take that one home, depending on your personal preference. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir because our, our our motto here at the comic source is there's a comic for everybody. You just yeah. got to find the right story, match them up with the right reader, and then it's like a gateway, right? And then they fall in love with comics and they just expand and it grows from there. Yep. So. Yeah, I 100%. Well, Todd, thank you so much. You've been so generous with your time. As we're wrapping up here, anything else you want to share with our, our listeners and our viewers? Um, no, because uh, the the thing is, is I leave it to you good people to sort of <laughs> pay attention to what we're doing and analyze it because to me, I'm just in the middle of a race, right? And, I'm, and I, I feel like, I, I still got 20, 30 good years left in me. I'm only halfway through the race. And so you you don't really evaluate the race and how well you did in the race while you're running it, right? right. So people who are watching it may have something to say. But I so 2024, I'm hoping, you know, we've got lots of cool things on the toy, the comic book, and and fingers crossed on the entertainment side. And and then you go, awesome. Now it's 2025. Let's what are we doing then? Right. And just keep going and and next thing you know, you've got 30 years of spawn and I'm pushing close now to a 40 year career. Well, I hope what I'm doing in 2025 is going to see the spawn movie. Uh, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you and me, dude, <laughs> you and me. So anyway, so. Uh, well, again, Todd, thank you so much for your time. It's been, uh, it's been fantastic talking. All right. Thanks for giving me the time, the job that uh, you good people do in the media is uh, equally important to all of what we do here, right? We can, we can make it and we can sell it, but if people don't know anything about it, then they're, they're, it's tough to buy in a vacuum. So you, you, you provide and, and you're ill, uh, provide a tremendous, uh, sort of service to all of this, right? We can't, we can't sort of survive without all the pieces working and you're one of the pieces. So thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Don. You can find the Comic Source Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe, and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes, as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.